0: We got, here we yes, are, <laughs> dude. I I love your music. I've been listening. Can you hear me? <laughs> Thank you. I, I've been yeah, listening yeah, to yeah. it all. I've been listening to it all morning. I, I, I had my wife listen to it. I I'm not. You know, I'm in the I'm in the liquor space. I'm not in your world. Yeah. But yeah. when I hear an album where every song sounds different, I love that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every song yes, is different. It's got a different beat, it's got a different story. It's Is that the intention? Do you think like that?
1: I do. Um You know, I can I can really like relate to like a lot of different people, you know, and a lot of different situations. I'm very like I'm an empath, you know. So when I talk about my story sometimes, you know, I can, I can take it from many different perspectives, you know? And um, it's just helped me because it's also like how my music sounds. It's, a, it's like a, a mixture of different worlds because I've lived in so many different worlds in this country, you know, being in a, a rainbow nation, so to speak, you know? So just, just like really just appreciating everything that uh,
0: contributes to making you who you are, I guess. So so, uh, so your fans know who at least I am. Uh, I yeah. own I own a liquor company. I own a whole bunch of brands, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, Vion, past brands, Ace of Spades, yeah. Uh It was freaking hard, Young Chief, getting here. It was hard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't, I, if you asked me, would I trade it, you know, would I do anything differently? I wouldn't because I appreciate the hard part. Um, yeah. what, is, what does self-made mean to you?
1: um self made i think you know um you know my fans would know that i i have a a video production company called Did it myself and um you know that's purely just based on um you know i i, I started as a, a videographer you know and a lot of people because of the success of the videos and the and, and the type of artists that were coming to me to shoot videos you know that that success was almost assumed and it kind of affected me because I felt like, you know, now I'm going to have everybody's help and I'm going to be able to do all these amazing things. But, and then when I look back and I realize that actually all the amazing things that I've done, I've actually had to do myself, you know, and being self-made speaks to that because you learn so much more and you get so much more out of doing things yourself, you know, out of, the main thing actually is to know exactly what you want, because if you're by yourself, You don't have time to try and make it seem like or impress other people, you know? You have yourself to blame if it doesn't work out. So um, I think self-made just, you know, encompasses that whole doing everything yourself
0: and being yourself, you know, in in, in every situation that you're in. Do do you think that you could have done, could you have gone straight into music without having done the video side first? I think so. I think so.
1: Um, That was the initial plan. (laughs) that was the initial plan I kind of like yeah I stumbled into film um, just by trying to be around music because I worked for a really famous artist um, who came from this legendary group in South Africa called uh, Squatter Camp Um, his name is Slicker so to work for him I kind of one of the skills that I picked up while working for him I started as a website administrator and I decided to shoot some videos on the website, you know, and then that spiraled into me shooting a videos for a couple of his artists, you know, one of them being Quest. I was also like a huge artist today, you know. Um, but intentionally, the plan was to always like be like a musician. Um, and then when I got to Joe it was just like so many rappers, you know? Um, I couldn't, I came from a small town and I was like one of the best in that small town. So I was like, it's gonna take me so many years to like try and out rap all these guys, you know? So um, we ended up doing videos and I just took it one step at a time. And then I just fell in love with the world of filmmaking, you know, um, but it was always married to music because that is the first
0: love, you know? What was what, when you mentioned when you got to Joburg and there were you're around all these all these hip hop artists was that intimidating yeah. uh, very intimidating man I think it, like me coming to Joburg also
1: wasn't like you know i'm I, you know I'm, I've got money to go to joburg now and and, and start this thing. um I was just literally just came out of matric, um which is grade ten I mean grade twelve, and um you know I was supposed to study something. You know, and the easiest course at the university that would be enough reason for me to actually go to Joburg um, was audiovisual production management, you know. And so I went for that. Um, But even coming here, you know, my mom is a single parent. Um, There's four of us in the family. And she wanted me to just uh, take a gap year, uh, find a job and just wait for my older brother to, to finish his studies so that she can afford to pay for everything and everybody. Um, So I agreed, and then I came to Joburg on a two-week holiday that I had negotiated into this deal. And uh, (laughs) man, I've been here for like 13,
0: 14 years, man. (laughs) What was what was did did you have any break? Not I don't want to say I don't want to say breaks. What were the moments that you had where you're like, oh shit, I can do this. I can do something in the music space. Um, I used to always. so,
1: you know, I wasn't obviously getting paid much when I started working with Slicker and them because I was kind of like created my own position, you know? Um, so there'd be times where going home was just like too much of a financial, you know, burden. So I'd, I'd, you know, stay around, stick around the office and pretend to lock up, you know? And um, I'd, I'd just stay overnight and I'd teach myself how to make music and how to rap and how to record myself, you know? Um, and I started just playing this music for people and I and I never got like a a response like, nah, what are you doing? That's whack or whatever, you know? Everyone was like, dude, why don't you just do this, you know? And so like every time I went on the road with one of the artists who we were shooting with, there'd always be studio sessions and I'd always just hop on and drop a verse, you know? And a lot of people and everybody just kept saying like, you gotta do this yourself. But I think at the time, it had taken so much for me to just get to that point and just to be in that circle from where I was coming from. Like I couldn't fathom me actually doing it myself, you know, and it took me quite a yeah. while for me to actually pursue it, you know what I mean?
0: Did, um, did you ever play for Slicker? Did you ever play for those guys? And, and, or were they the last three people you want to hear kind of, the, you, you, you don't want to hear their thoughts first, if you know what I mean. Look, I, I
1: wanted to hear their thoughts first because I I, I manifested Slicker from Queenstown, you know. Yeah. Um, he was one of like my favorite he was in my favorite rap group, and he seemed like the one that was more business savvy about the business. And so I approached him and I made a deal with him. I said, I, I just wanna learn the business so that I don't have to out rap those five thousand guys on campus, you know. Um, and then when I'm ready, I will take it upon myself to to start my own career. But obviously, like spending every day with them, you know, I, I started feeling like they would be the ones to actually realize that, you know, I have more to offer than just camera work, you know. Um, but they didn't. I think, you know, there was a, quite an age gap between me and them. And so, like, it was just music that they really didn't understand, I guess, at the time. And so the other artists that they had signed became the artists that would
0: eventually end up co-signing me and, and giving me the opportunity. So I, I, wa- I watched a, an interview you did, which is just awesome. I could watch it again and again. Um, and you were talking about how you're, you're the second of two, uh, you're, you have an older brother and you like yeah. being number two. You like yeah. being number two, you said, <laughs> but I get that. I'm, I'm, the, yes. youngest I'm yes. the youngest of four. I'm the youngest of four. And there's a sense of, for me, there's a sense of responsibility because I feel like I'm the lucky one. I got to see everyone else's mistakes. Yeah. I got to see everyone else try yeah. things, do different things. So it's yeah. up to me. Did you feel that pressure? Like, shit, I gotta, you know what? I, I gotta do well because I've been given a chance. Yeah. Look, th- this this pressure being a firstborn, you know, like mad yeah. pressure,
1: especially like culturally and traditionally this side. So, like, my brother never had, like, the freedom to try out things, you know. He he was the first person to actually go down the road where, you know, it was almost planned for us as a family. And I guess, in a sense, that not working out allowed my my mom to have more of an open mind to say, actually, let me just let my kids do what they want to do, and maybe they'll be good at it. So, you know, I, the, the responsibility comes from from that position or being allowed to. Actually, chase your dreams where you have to make a success of it because you know you 're the one that 's being allowed to actually chase them you know and um, but the being a second born thing is actually also like a traditional thing for my side because I come from a clan um, uh, called Fagu clan Nyawu Fagu, Zambondo, and the king Fagu of that clan is actually also a second born you know, and I resonate with him a lot because you know, he's also like a chosen one in the family to, you know, to break down these genders and like, you know,
0: yeah, that type of thing. Do, do do you, um, do you think back, like even you're making a comment about your mom wanting you guys to just be happy. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that not, isn't that unique? You know, it you is. know what I mean? <laughs> that yeah. they, she just wants you to be happy. That's not normal.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, my dad is the total opposite. I mean, God bless his soul, when he was still alive. Um, very, very strict. I always say, like, if my dad was still around when I matriculated, I would have never said foot in Joburg at all, you know. He was that type of pops, yeah. you know. Like, I got to get a job and I got to go to a varsity, like, in the Eastern Cape and, you know, get house, family, kids. That's it. That's all he wants to hear. So my mom, I guess, um, when my dad passed, you know, she didn't want to uh, – put those type of pressures that she might have felt in her marriage you know on us you know so it is a it's like a bittersweet thing because you know she she found the confidence to actually trust her gut and say let me let my kids grow up the way that i want them to grow up um but at the same time you know she only did it because my past wasn't around
0: <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> it's a funny way to think about it um well, after the fact that other people were telling you, you know what, you can do this, you can do this. What was the? What was your first break? Like, what was? What happened that 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 was your next step in the career of, of music?
1: So you know, we we had this tour that we put together, um, myself, Questa, and um, a group called Cash Time. And, um, on that tour, like like I said, we go on the road, and we'd be in studio a lot, and we make a lot of songs and then I made a song with another artist called Maraza, and um I played that song to to like my best friend, and trust me, like he 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 never knew I could rap, like I'd known him for like two years already, and um he sat me down for like an hour, telling me, like, "Don't even do this, you know, we're all around these rappers, we all want to rap." <laughs> Don't try this. So after two hours, he convinced me and I'm like, all right, cool, but let me play you the song. I played him the song, uh, you know, asking me, like, why haven't I been rapping all this time? I need to quit this, you know, camera thing and do the music thing. So after that, the next day, um, he played it for, like, one of the big artists, aside, site, um, AKA. And um, AKA literally pulled up to my house the next morning. And when I got in the car... He played the song that I had recorded with Maraza. And he was just, like, not believing that it was me. And I'm like, nah, that's me, bro, you know? And uh, after that, we 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 went back and forth in the studio for a couple weeks. And we made a huge song called uh, Run Josie. Um, his song featuring myself and KO. Um, and that's when everything changed. Um, you know, funny enough, when the song came out, it didn't have my name on as a feature. That's how, like... Uh, Oh, that's how much of the video <laughs> I still was. <laughs> I was still like a, it's like making a song with like dabs and saying featuring dabs, like you know. So, but I I actually got to direct the video, and I got to obviously be in the video, and that's when everything just changed on his head.
0: Are you are you appreciative of people like AKA saying basically co-signing you saying I I want I want you on this I want to do something with you? Can you appreciate very that? much?
1: Yeah, yeah, very much, because I'd worked, like I said, I'd worked with other artists, you know, but the music that we made, it never came out or it never became an official single or anything like that, you know. So he really gave me my first opportunity, like, in front of South Africa to just, like, you know, showcase my talent, you know. Um, And he's always just been like that, I guess, you know. Um, When it comes to music, he's one of the people that, like, literally just, you know, abides by the law of music um over and above like personal like emotions or who you are and whatever you know and that's something i picked up earlier on, or early on because
0: of him do you, do you do you overanalyze everything you do every song every word i, I because i imagine that i imagine you thinking yeah. constantly constantly yeah. And maybe maybe <laughs> thinking too much
1: yeah i do i do i think um you know there's so many like different layers when it comes to SA hip-hop, you know? You could never like put your finger on it and describe it and say that's exactly what it is, you know? So I always, my take on it is, you know, me being a South African, uh, me being uh, part of the youth, uh, me being from the Eastern Cape, me being closer, you know, that's enough, you know? So I try and approach music as my as much as being myself as possible um and so like there's different things also that come into the writing of the music like you need to consciously decide if you're gonna do it in english or you're gonna mix it up or you're just gonna do it in casa you know and those things actually have an effect in terms of how successful the music is or where it's where it's successful um so there's a lot of thought processes that go into actually finishing a song but starting a song are always just Literally try and do it as simple as possible and as
0: straightforward as possible so so who are you trying to make happy when you think about all that like who who is is the audience you? Is it your fans? is it jo Berg? you know what i mean like how do you how do you make that yeah. decision?
1: I think early on in my career it, I think it was Joburg and like my surroundings and what I could see. But over time, I've, I've just reminded myself a lot of like who I am and where I've come from. So right now, like the music that I write, I write for that younger chief that got to Joburg as a student and was still hustling to, to work with his idols, you know, because I feel like that guy has the most potent story to tell. And I feel like a lot of people can still relate to that person because that's what they're going through. There's a saying in Joburg that uh, Jimmy comes to Josie. You know, and um, so we're all branded as outsiders from Jo'burg or branded as these Jimmy comes to Jawsies as like these out-of-towners that are coming to, you know, take a chance and, and whatever. And I wanted to always just like remind myself of how it felt to be that person because now I'm like younger chief, you know. Um, it's different, but I always it's
0: different just felt, now. Yeah,
1: so I'm always just trying to write the music that would, you know, speak to that person and, and keep his head up sure. and, and get him to where uh-huh. I am.
0: I interviewed. Uh, I don't know. If you know the the US artist Moneybag Yo. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so I, uh, he's he has the number one album. I just interviewed him last week, and he was saying the yeah. same exact thing. He he imagines when he writes, he he prefers to write and think about six, seven, eight, nine years ago, and he puts yeah. himself in that mindset back then to yes. tell those stories because that's what he wants to tell. It's not necessarily yeah. today, but it's those stories he's telling.
1: Yeah. I think, look, the the today's stories are nice, um, but I think I'm still in a point where I'm still trying to figure it out, like um, you know, just figure out like how this affects my thinking and how this affects like the type of the person that I am. The person I'm sure about that I understand that I really know well is that person from a couple years ago. You know, um,
0: yeah. Why the why did you name the the album that that title? Popstar. Yeah.
1: So I named it pop star because, um, you know, I've, like I said before, you know, in terms of like South African hip hop and and the intricacies and the layers that are involved in it, you know, um, it's not necessarily the sound that's pop, you know, um, but it's a representation of SA hip hop in general, which is our popular culture, you know, um, SA hip hop is. interpret in their own way also whether it's dress dance you know uh, lifestyle and things like that so popular culture is the basis of the pop and and the and the star is the superstar you know yeah
0: is is the goal to be hugely successful in south africa or is the goal to be successful for example outside of south africa in the rest of africa
1: Definitely the rest of Africa. Um, definitely the rest of Africa. I, I think that's the first stepping stone. Um, but the, the main goal is to just be globally successful, you know, and, and kick down those doors. Um, but right now, I think Africa is the main focus. Um, and you know, we we live in a dance continent, you know. Yeah. Um, so the music that's the music that speaks to us sometimes is the music that we we're, we're drinking and getting drunk to, you know, more often than not.
0: So so who 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 are those growing up who were those that, that that inspired you in music in hip hop and rap Um okay let
1: me let me start like outside of rap first because that's like the main influence Um so I grew up on like your 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 Mafia Zolo's, Uh, which is an Afropop group. I grew up on your Ringo Mazingozi, which is an Afropop superstar. You know, Um, I grew up on a lot of house music, you know, and I grew up on a lot of Guaito music, which is like your TKZs and stuff from back in the day. You know, that is the basis of my influence. And I think those are the biggest genres from where where I'm from, you know. Um, Hip-hop-wise, my brother was responsible for for shifting me towards hip-hop. Um, early on, he used to be like a, a huge Eminem fan. Um, he was really like obsessed with Eminem. And then um, through Eminem, then I got introduced to 50 Cent. And till today, like 50 Cent
0: is one of my biggest um, inspirations. Anybody today that you'd, you'd love to do a collab with outside the US?
1: Ooh, Outside the US. Um, yeah, you know, I'd love to work with like, uh, you know, your Burner Boys, uh, your Wiz Kids, your David O's, um, you know, uh, Diamond Platinums, you know, uh, a lot of these, a lot of like the, the African superstars of today, you know, I think um, they're really, they're doing really well in just representing the continent in terms of sound and culture and dance, you know, and I, I, yeah, I'd like to work with them. How about U.S. artists? U.S. artists, um, Justin Bieber, funny enough. Love to work with Justin Bieber. Uh, um, I'd love to work with Lil Wayne. I'd love to work with Roddy Ricch. Um, I'd love to work with Khaled. Um, yeah. I'd love to work with 21 Savage. Uh, man, the list is endless in the States.
0: Um, do, do you... Do you find it with Pop Star being such a success, and I I I'm gonna ask it's the same thing Moneybag said. Like he he's at the top of his game right now and it's he's nervous because it's all going yeah. good right now. Did you feel yeah. that too? How do you how did I you did. get over it? Or have you gotten over it?
1: I did, I did. Um, you know, my, my first project uh, before this one um was becoming a pop star. You know, and that's when I really started going on like a journey of like self-discovery and just knowing yourself and pop star became like just being happy with what you find. You know, I felt like becoming a pop star was finding yourself and pop star was being happy with that, you know. And so like the way that my album sounds is a a personal like um, representation of who I am you know, as a person and putting that out there is, you know, always going to be difficult. So I was able to do that with this one only because of like that type of pressure, so to speak, or that question lingering in your head, like, OK, it's working
0: out. Now what? You know what I mean? So do you are you already thinking about the next album? Are you thinking about the next story you're going to tell?
1: Yeah. Um, The next album is Popstar 2. So like both these albums, Popstar, this Popstar and Popstar 2, they're actually like supposed to be like one entire project. So the second part of the project is, you know, the first part is like getting to know me for who I really am. And then the second part of the project is just like the other side of me, the fun side, the, you know, party for no reason side, the, you know, staying up all night side, you know, uh, living the life and being about it, about it, you know, I think it's, it's going to be the most fun album and maybe even more successful than the others. But I always wanted to have Popstar be there so that when all of that pops off with Popstar 2, you know, you have somewhere to go back to and actually still get to know me better or remember like who I actually am, you know?
0: So how do you, how do you make the decision if you're telling these stories and Popstar 2 is part of that whole story, How do you decide to put out a single? Like, how does the single, like, a single separate from the album? You know what I mean? How does that, you know, part? uh, how do you make that decision? That that I'm going to create something completely separate because I want to do this.
1: Um, Look, I think it's it's a very difficult, like, strategy and, and, and thing to pull off. But I always go with my gut feel. I think I've worked over the couple of years just to, like, try and strengthen it. And my definition of success has changed as a result of that, you know. Um, I I have a team that will look at the numbers. I have the team that will look at the charts and see what it's doing. But for me, I think the message that I put out every time is what's important and what I'm trying to communicate. You know, my follow-up single to the BBA F1 you were playing right now was Manelo. And I felt like I had to put that out there because... That speaks to the current climate, the political climate of the country, you know, like um, in the song, I'm actually talking to the late Nelson Mandela. um, And I'm just letting him know, I'm calling him from earth to heaven to tell him that, yo, man, this is what's happening here. There's all sorts of corruption and, you know, government is doing this and the people are living this way, etc. Not necessarily excusing myself or making myself better but just letting him know like how things worked out after his big fight for freedom, you know? And it's literally a song that like, even if you're not from here, if you listen to, you get a better idea and understanding of what life is like in South Africa post the whole apartheid um, era.
0: Did you think that song would be a success?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, A success in terms of, you know, South African hip hop has been under like a lot of pressure about like not really talking about like relevant things and like social ills and things that are happening in the country right now. And I think that you know that song served that purpose. Um, and you know it's you know it's it, I think it's a it's a it's a classic song.
0: You know, what did you what does celebration look like for you? Have you celebrated at all? Have you done anything? You know where. Kick back and I I bought this, I did this, (laughs) I enjoyed this.
1: I don't think I've done that enough.
0: (laughs) I really don't think I've done that
1: enough. Um, I haven't. Um, You know, I celebrate things quietly, man. I, I, I celebrate things... I don't really have time to celebrate, man. Let me be honest, like my my dreams are so big, like a lot of people will come and say, wow, that was amazing, well done. And I'm like, I'm nowhere near, you know, what I'm trying to do yet, you know? Um, so for me, it's like always just a challenge for myself to just like keep going and ticking on to the next one. Um, and I, you know, I celebrate other people's successes and, and that's when I, I guess I get the
0: chance to let my hair down. Um, So what, what are those, can you, can you describe some of those big goals that you really want to achieve?
1: Um, I think the most important one, um, just to change, you know, the way that I came up, like it can't be that difficult for anybody else um, that comes from where, from where I come from, you know, and for the last couple of years, I've, you know, tried to help other people, you know, in the same similar way that I've been helped or whatever, but I've found that the best way I can help people is by helping myself, you know, um, because if, 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 if I help them then that's all they get, you know, um, so, you know, I you know my focus is, 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 is always just like to better myself and make sure that all the milestones that are set ahead of me are achieved. For example, like I wanna be touring Africa, you know, um, by the end of the year, um, you know, I wanna be visiting or touring the States by the end of the year, you know, and all of this is in and around music, you know, it's not necessarily just like as an artist but as a creative in general, you know, it's um, just to build my my name uh, so that it resonates with um, all spheres of all different types of arts, you know,
0: not just music. So, so we talked about self-made, but if you could give three shout-outs, three, give me three shout-outs to people who've been there for you. Um.
1: I'd say number one, I would say a homie of mine called Don Design. Um, he's like a, a DJ slash designer. Um, he's just like always been around, you know, since, since the beginning. He's one of the people that helped me start my production company um, way back then. Um, also, Rich Mahog, uh, which is a homie of mine who's just always been a fan. The guy that played my song for AKA. <laughs> um, nice. And also I think, you know, not to sound a bit cliche or whatever, but I think my mom would have to get the last shout out, man. Yeah. Like she's she knows nothing about this industry, you know, and um she's just always supported me and, and, and she's never like tried to stop me from doing anything that I've I've tried to do. It's huge.
0: Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. So Chief, I, I I think well you're you're already you're already extremely successful. I just think I think you're gonna be enormous. I have a I know things. I just know things. <laughs> and I, I Yeah, I, t- I be, take your word I for it, my, man. <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, she knows. I know th- I know the future on things. Yeah. And listening to your music, you're gonna be yes, you're big, you're just gonna be enormous. And I'm a I'm a huge fan. I'm in your corner. One day I want to shout out. Um uh, if there's anything I yeah. possibly do, I love hearing your story. Keep giving back. Keep helping those, the next generation of artists. But Jesus, don't stop because you got a lot to give. You're very thoughtful. Uh, you, yeah. you, you've got a. You're you, you, you're in the craft. You get it. Um, yeah. I appreciate you participating in self-made. Um, let's see you on tour when you come to the U.S. Come and visit, and and uh, I'll introduce you to everybody I know in in, in your space.
1: Appreciate that, man. Um, you know, you've got the qualified opinion, so I'll take that. I'll take that and run with it. Um, yeah, man, and I look forward to coming out there. You know, uh, do a bit of songwriting and you know, and uh, drinking a lot we'll, of Bel-Air.
0: There you go. We we got a studio in Atlanta, so w- when you come, yeah. you got the, you got space to work out of. All right.
1: Cool. Thank you, man. And uh,
0: happy Africa Day to you too, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you.